Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Hi folks, 10-minute Tuesday time. Reverence is the subject I'm tackling today. And that word's probably been, no, it has been the most important word of 2021 for me. In many ways, I think that word has kept me sane and and saved me in these difficult times. Uh, other words for reverence, other ways of describing that word are admiration, <clears throat> adoration, deference, esteem, loyalty, piety, piety, sorry, respect, veneration. But just is, is to treat something as though it is very special. So I'm not sure if this word is part of your vernacular, whether it comes up in conversations around the dinner table, whether you ever use it in your talk, whether it comes up in your conversations with yourself. Uh, But if you learn a new word, you get to have a new experience because the words we use don't just describe our experience, they shape it. So I love new words. So here's here's an idea of how I have used the word reverence as part of my own rapport with self, as, as part of my mental health, as part of um, showing up at my, at my best where it matters most uh, in, in this year. So honourable mention in seeding this idea to Sadhguru. been loving his YouTube videos, been really enjoying his book in engineering. So here are the ways that I've applied the word reverence to my life especially over the last six, six months. Uh, so firstly, reverence for the earth. Uh, Sadhguru talks about one of, one of the most important rituals is that every day uh, the soles of your feet and the palms of your hand connect with the bare earth because the earth is the ground of being from which we conduct our affairs. Um, I've found great value in walking bare feet. I I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. I think most kids do, but it, it had been a long time since I had enjoyed the feel of grass under my feet, under my bare feet. So um, to go outside, or especially after every run now, I I enjoy some earthing. I enjoy reverence for the earth. I enjoy taking a moment to acknowledge the fact that I draw all my life from the earth. And and then I think about the history of the earth. I think about the great expanse of time and how short a time I've been around for on this earth. I found great value in having reverence for rocks and trees and lakes and clouds and just marveling at the structure of them, marveling at the the time in which they have been there. Uh, there is I picked up a rock the other day and, and spent half an hour just thinking about how old it was, the fact that it had been there for probably millions of years, if not longer. And just the sense of reverence and awe for the fact that here I am getting to enjoy this life on this earth and everything that I require for my life comes from the earth. That, that deserves some respect. Uh, reverence for history. I've been particularly enjoying Jordan Peterson's work on the biblical series. <clears throat> Uh, someone asked him, he tells this story about one of his students asking him, you know, why in the world would you study history? And he says, because it's about you. 
you know, in order to know where we're going, we've got to know where we've come from. In order to find ourselves, to know who we are, we've got to look backwards and see who we've been, to see what we've learned, to see the process of growth and discovery as a species for us to truly understand ourselves. And Winston Churchill says, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And so... I think that there is great value in having reverence for history, for not just imagining that all we can see here and now is all that exists. It's to realize that we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us, both their mistakes and their discoveries. One of the things I've found particularly useful from Peterson in his take on the biblical series is is the theme from history and from the biblical history, which is a book that just brings such great insights into us as people and our journey of discovery of who we are and why we're here. And the theme is that being, being, as in us being here, requires limitation and suffering. And there is no escaping that. So the sense that life is suffering and we don't exist in, we don't exist in utopia. Even if we find periods of utopia or perfection, uh, we destroy those so that there's something to do again. <laughs> we might dream about sitting on an island, sipping pina coladas. But we would be satisfied doing that for a very short amount of time before we'll be deeply unsettled again. We need certainty and uncertainty. We, we don't stand still. We need problems to solve. And so Peterson says when you understand history, you realize it is true that being requires limitation and suffering. He says, but there is a mode of being that allows that idea to be good. It's a straight and narrow road, a very difficult road to tread. And so there are definitely ways we can act that make things worse, in fact, very much worse for ourselves and those around us and increase evil and suffering in the world. And also there are ways that we can act which make things better for us. In fact, we can act in ways that make things very much better for ourselves and those around us. So the central question we're faced with as people is, can we, given the fact that we operate in limit and under suffering, can we still find a way of being good? Can we still find a way of making life better for ourselves and others? Can we get to the end of our life and look back over our contribution and see that we we brought good? We, we lessened the suffering for ourselves and those around us. That's the great challenge. And if you have no reverence for history, you'll forget that every single person who's lived, the, who's walked the earth has faced the same problem. Given my challenges, given my misfortunes, given the, the limits of my situation, can I still find a way of being good? Can I still find a way of exercising my free will, of using my responsibility and my choice to improve myself and improve the world around me? That. That is such a wondrous thing to ponder for yourself. And then when you consider that every human has pondered that before you, consciously or unconsciously, there is great value in looking back and seeing how great heroes have solved this problem before, how great people under all kinds of difficult situation have still found a way to make good choices and be good human beings. So it puts our present-day sufferings in some perspective rather than wishing them away or thinking that if life was not hard, then I could be good. History teaches us that no life is supposed to be hard. Life is formed in limit, in limitation. That is the essence of being. And the point is to to struggle in the midst of that and find a way to be good.
to quote Peterson once more, and, and I am a huge fan of his work. I just I find such value in his words, but he says that the purpose of life, as far as I can tell, is to find a mode of being that is so meaningful that the fact life is suffering is no longer relevant. The value of reverence toward history helps you come to terms with the fact that life is hard, and for many people, it has been extraordinarily hard. We're living in one of the most prosperous, peaceful, affluent times in the history of the world. And if you do not look back and have reverence where we've come from, you might lose sight of the fact and you might wish for a life that has no suffering, thinking that's what we're aiming for. That's not the goal. It's to transcend suffering through meaning and purpose and find a mode of being that no matter what challenges you're facing, your aspiration is to be good, is to be good under pressure. So if this is a new idea for you, or perhaps you haven't given much value to the idea of history, or it's not a subject you enjoyed at school and you've kind of seen no reason to look back, uh, and I've, I've kind of wet your appetite today in thinking about uh, that some history lessons could be useful, I'd suggest starting with Bill Bryson's extraordinary book, A Short History of Nearly Everything. Um, I spent most of my time listening to that book, uh, shaking my head just at the extraordinary journey we've been on as a people to get here. And and more importantly, the hard work, the dedication, the devotion from extraordinary men and women who've gone before us, who've laid the, the foundation for the life we enjoy today. So I think it is a wonderful place to start. And uh, I'm sure you'll be astounded. I'm sure you'll learn a lot. I've also found reverence for food. Sadhguru talks about this a bit. He says... Uh, you know, if you were in a cave for five days and had nothing, nothing to eat or drink, and God came to you, the very first thing, in fact, the only thing you would ask God for is food. Um, food outside the body has no value, but but for our body, when we eat it, it is life to us. It is it is the essence of life. In fact, it is transformed and becomes us. So, to take a moment and be reverent to the food that you eat rather than inhaling it or to eat it mindlessly, to stop and enjoy it, to stop and consider where it has come from, to stop and consider the wonder of what it's about to do when it enters into your body, to marvel at the wonder of it being transformed into sustenance and life and becoming you, and to move on and have reverence for the body which has the mechanics to turn a loaf of bread into a human, to turn a banana into a human. That is some extraordinary magic that happens inside your body. It is the most wondrous, extraordinary machine on the planet. To have reverence and respect, to stop and wonder at your eyes, to to notice the joy of smell, to be mindful about all the things your ears perceive and to be present for that with a deep sense of awe and respect. These qualities, this this, this reverence, it, it gives so much richness to your life. Uh, reverence for others. The, the word uh, be kind comes from the word kin. And so to be kind is to see each other as yourself. It's to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's to have reverence for one another. And to have reverence for yourself. If if you can't have reverence for yourself, well, no one else is going to have reverence for you. It's to look into your own eyes and to see yourself, to be the one who deeply loves and accepts you, to be the one that 
eradicates doubt, fear, and insecurity from your life, to, to be the one who acknowledges the wonder of your gift and your uniqueness and to value that deeply, to have reverence, and then to treat opportunities, to filter opportunities with that sense of reverence. If there are opportunities for you to use your gift and bring your gift that have no reverence, it's easy to say no to those things. But when there are opportunities that have reverence and ring true to you and acknowledge your value and worth, well, they're they're easy opportunities to say yes to. So moving towards a, a mode of being that allows you to be reverent with yourself and trains others to be reverent with you as well. I think too, when it comes to the process of overcoming insecurity, it is a journey of great reverence. It's to realize in many ways Your insecurity is based on decisions that were irreverent, that came from no understanding and no respect for who you were. They devalued you and you've held on to those opinions and fears that have continued to treat, allow you to treat yourself without reverence. So the process of waking up and growing up, of going back and reviewing your opinions, examining your narratives, is to update your story so that it is one of reverence. It's to uh, root out, deconstruct, undo any stories that do not respect who the wonder of who you are and to replace them with ones that do in fact fully understand and reference and respect the wonder of who you are. I think that's that's a central part of overcoming insecurity is reverence. So look, I hope that's been useful. Um, I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project Podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.